You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. Taking a break after during the 4th of July, celebrating uh, our, our country's uh, birthday. And you know what was best about this Independence Day? What was that? It was on a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday. I don't know if that Comic was books. best for me. Oh, okay. Hey, Wednesday, man. And I, I got to say, Marvel did a great job because they gave us Captain America number one on America's birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and then... Uh, you know the whole MCU. I guess they put in on Steve Rogers' card, his F four card or F H. Oh yeah, yeah. F, no four F card. It said that he was born on the Fourth of July. Now yeah, in nineteen eighteen. I didn't know. If, is that in the comic books? Is he you born know, on the Fourth of July? I I'd have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head because you know how they do stuff like like Superman. They made sure to give him what is it February 29th, the hidden day of the year, the oh, Olympia Day. Okay. So I think it's things like that where it may not have been originally, but they've like, hey, that's a smart idea. Why didn't we do that? You know. Um, I I I would say it's probably a safe bet that it was a pretty early on thing. Like maybe maybe like after his return in the Silver Age, they decided to be like, hey, let's let's give these characters like birthdays and and things like that. Yeah. You know? At first, it was like, ah, who gives a crap? <sighs> so, but yeah, no, Captain America turned a hundred and he got a brand new number one. <laughs> yeah, it was just Captain America Day when you really sit down and think about That's it. That's true. All the colors are there. <laughs> uh yeah and then i also i share my birthday with batman like that that yeah. comes up every year like it's it, and apparently it came from some dc uh merchandise some con- uh, some calendar that they put out one year oh and i it, loved those it, calendars it, yeah it just said uh bruce wayne born on february 19th and and then it, i mean it was never stated in a comic book anywhere anywhere else <laughs> just in this calendar and so now it's canon like for some reason i get i get that notification every year which is kind of awesome <laughs> you batman has an upcoming birthday and so do you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i love that that's one of those things i wish that dc and marvel would bring back when they had those fun little cuz like marvel does a good job every now and then like they'll they'll give uh lcs's a bunch of calendars mm. and then you open it but it's like you know pre-order now this issue comes out here right you know but it's like where's the fun stuff like this is the day the avengers was founded you know this was when the the civil war battle took place in this, the marvel universe you know like this stuff the date like that, that the lightning cool. bolt struck barry allen yeah you know like i mean they did that seven like late 70s and early 80s you know, and then you and I were talking in private, but um, I got my the, the final bulk of it in today, and it was funny because, you know, I, I'm like, why did I get so excited to get these things? So the who's who, the definitive de- directory. <laughs> so I have every who's who from the decade of the 80s, plus the Marvel official handbook of the 80s, all of them. So it's like 60 to 70 books of worthlessness now because <laughs> it's 2018. None of that stuff know? is... None of it is, you know, but I, but I tell you what though, and it's going to be tough because those books are so, I don't know what the right word is like oxidized, like the pages are yellowing. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I am glad though, because at least I want to say 
with those generations of because like they did them also in the 90s in the 90s i think they just had one guy do it all you know like every character was in that style but these i mean there's stuff in there that it's like oh my god you know that's gil kane drawing green lantern again that's you know so it's like i mean jack kirby might even have some work in there so it's beautiful pinups by just like everybody mm. you know and the who's who the first generation of those um those a through z so they did 26 volumes on those covers it's you know you, you open it front and back and you just see a smattering of all the a heroes all the b heroes and so forth all george perez wow yeah and then um the first generation of marvel handbook they they had that as well and the second one though the the official Handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition. So that's the, the Volume 2 version. That one, I think if you actually lay it out, which is 20 issues. So if you lay it out connecting cover to cover to cover, it's basically a big running smear of every 1980s Marvel hero. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that stuff's kind of neat. Um, and it blows my mind because I was really surprised. I thought DC was the one to start that stuff. Right. Because who's who? Because i like, we're first. No. Marvel Handbook beats it by like damn near four or five years. Wow. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. So. so. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, it's just, the yeah, you know, you talk about what you just got in your, I, I just got my June box. Oh, yeah. nice. And I guess I ordered the hardcover graphic, not, or, or no, the hardcover uh Paper or trade for uh, Dark Knight Metal. Oh, you did! Nice. I don't know why though. Like I have all the issues. I read all the issues. Why did I buy the, the hardcover? Uh, well, I mean, at least the good thing is you know, the first print is the only one that will have that specific dust jacket. Okay. So with the uh, the metal metalish looking, because I got one too. I I did I did all three. Um, oh, okay. But they only had two hardcovers and then a paperback, which sucks because it was. The full miniseries, Metal, gets a hardcover. Mm -hmm. Then the the Batman issues, they got collected, hardcover. Mm -hmm. But then the Resistance, paperback. Paperback. And you're like, oh, come on, man. What really? about the ones that, what was it? Uh, the JLA ones? Was it JLA and, and uh, Green Lanterns? Yeah, JLA, Green Lanterns, and... And a Flash? Maybe Flash. I think probably Flash. So it was two JLA... Two J Justice Leagues and a Green one Lantern Flash, and Flash. And one Green, yeah. And Green Lantern, yeah, yeah, the, the, whatever the Justice League crossover. I, oh man, that's a good question because I know that got collected. I'm just not sure how, yeah. or maybe that's like, oh, here's a fourth one I got to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I opened up Unbox. I was like, did I? I ordered the hardcover of this. I wonder why I did that. I, I wonder if uh, uh, when I ordered it, which call it hadn't finished yet. If Metal hadn't finished yet. And I just, I was just like, ah, I'll just get it because I'll probably end up enjoying the end of this. Mm, <laughs> I've rolled so those much. dice many a time myself. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, which did I did get also was my uh, uh, my copy of Tales of Suspense, the Red Ledger, the the one with the oh the Hawkeye and Bucky, yeah, or the, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to I, I mean I only read the first issue of that when it first came out, and I forgot to keep getting it the rest of the way. So I got the trade, and man, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Right? Wasn't that a fun series? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I really want to see more of 
Buck and Hawkeye like teaming <laughs> up and, and very much with each a other. Uh, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh like right buddy cop <laughs> kind of situation where they don't really like each other and they don't really get a well get along well but they have a common goal and yeah. they can both get things done. Well, then how awkward is it too? It's like oh, this is an ex girlfriend that we both really love. <laughs> no. I mean, I hope they revisit it and then this time they put Mockingbird in there. No, like wow. she's got to be the shield liaison <laughs> and it's like. Oh my God! Really? I gotta chase after my ex-husband, who's chasing after his ex-girlfriend with her other ex-boyfriend, and then bring in <laughs> Spider-Man because he had that little bit of relationship with Mockingbird. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, Gives a whole new meaning to X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's the. I mean, maybe I'll talk about it more when we get to uh, what we read this week. But like the ending of that with. Uh, you know, she gives that letter to Hawkeye. Oh, the Clint one and, and then the Buck one. Yeah, the yeah. letter to Hawkeye is like, yeah, oh, you know, you're a good guy and all, but, you know, I need I need my space. I need to be on my own right now. Hey, don't hey, don't tell Clint. I need to, I need you to come follow me. I need you to come with me yeah. to figure this out. It's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks for Clint. But it happens. Like, I, I appreciate the honesty of it. And this is something I've often wondered. Now, I haven't read the, like, the first appearance of Black Widow. I'm, I'm sure it's very con complicated as comics are but i mean really were hawkeye and black widow a thing uh yeah i have no idea yeah i, I have know. no idea when they were a thing if they were a thing i'll and i only know of buck and and black widow being a thing after cap died and buck took over as captain america yeah because they i mean it's implanted stuff so they had it that when the russians first found Bucky, oh, the, they as turned a him into the Winter Soldier. He was there when she was part of the Red Room, mm. you know. So they played on that. So there was a shared romance there, and then exactly when he be- when Buck became Captain America, then him and Natasha renewed their relationship. But then the the funny part is um, when they did the first Winter Soldier book, like his own ongoing series by uh, Brewbreaker. Mm-hmm. Brewbreaker's last arc was to basically. Um, have Natasha's memories of Bucky be erased oh. so she doesn't even know of him. And I always find it funny because whenever they do promotional art, like all these websites that are like, oh, there's going to be a Black Widow spinoff movie and Winter Soldier's going to be in it. First exclusive clickbait. You know that, John? Right. They always put the cover that has a guy. It's the Winter Soldier comic and the guy's pointing a gun at, at, at you, the reader, and then Natasha is holding on to him. And they always think that guy's Bucky. No, that's the bad guy of the book. <sighs> he just happens to be a Winter Soldier right, right. character. You know? oh, so I always funny. I laugh at that one. And I'm like, don't tell me. Get out of here, you tourist. You know? <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, she lost her memories of him. Um, I, I know when... Mark Wade and um, Chris Samney took over, or when they started their own Black Widow book, they did have Buck and Natasha meet up. It was a two-parter that actually, I think, fell into the deeper part of the story. So, like, he was kind of undercover having her run stuff. So, I don't know, but it sounds like their memories are back. But the crazy ramification of that story, Black Widow's a clone. Yeah, no, that's uh, and yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that more when we talk about what we've been reading this week. So let's uh, let's go to go over to the spinner rack though for July eleventh. Eleventh, yeah, that's what <laughs> yep. it is. So here we go. Okay, so if you're out there at your comic shop and you're curious what to get, Detective Comics number nine eighty four is out, and that'll continue on with the uh, new Outsider story, the new creative team. I've heard nothing but good stuff, so I really recommend it. Uh, buy three of these. Buy three copies of Flash fifty. Why? Because that book is amazing. Amazing. I, if you're a fan of, you know, early 90s 
Mark Wade, early Jeff Johns flash, you're going to get a great surprise in today's issue. I don't want to spoil it for you, but damn, that was a good book. This Flash War has been amazing. If you missed it, buy the trade. Um, you're probably going to pre-order it subconsciously now. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Flash 50 is out. Get yourself several copies if you can. It was great. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 48 is out today. Uh, Hawkman number two. Then we have Plastic Man number two as well. Um, I think this is the one that actually has the nice Alex Ross cover. Uh, I kind of want to pick it up just for that. And then I've heard today in some of the spoiler chats, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 24 has a major character death. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised. So if we're okay with spoilers, spoilers in three, two, one. Red Hood kills the penguin. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a major Batman villain. That's and pretty that's, big. Yeah, so I am. I, I, I have a feeling that with the spoilers breaking as early as they did, I think it's a news hype thing. So I think mm. it's like... We didn't see the body, so I don't think he's necessarily so dead. So it's more the the Red Hood shot the penguin. Yeah. Well, plus this is issue 24. 25 is a big one, so yeah. what a great way to pump up those numbers, you know. So anyways, uh, good luck to it, though. Yeah, that book has been really good. All right. Today's biggest copy, and this is another one where you should probably buy like five copies because there's at least five variant covers. Superman, number one. BMB is doing it for real. We've got a brand new issue, number one. Up. Uh, Crazy good stuff in there. Justice League guest stars. Wow. And Martian Manhunter really, uh, he, he, he starts talking to Superman a different way. So I could kind of see a little friction coming off between those two. But really? Anyways, yeah. Well, basically, Martian Manhunter is kind of like, why don't you just take over and lead everybody? And Superman's like, take? <sighs> you know? So, I mean, it's like I get where Martian Manhunter is coming from where it's like, look, they want hope. They want to be led. But Superman's going to be one of those guys, yeah, but I can't forge their destiny for him. But so I think it's neat on, on the deeper philosophical level. I mean, at the surface value, it's kind of like, wait, the, neither one of those characters would talk that No, way. especially like the, the Master Manhunter I know, and, and who knows, they might have, you know, retconned his history or changed it up some or whatever. But like, he's been roaming Earth for a couple centuries, you know. Yeah, he's like, been here for quite a while. He's been, yeah, he's been here for a while. He wouldn't say something like that uh, knowing the ramifications of someone just taking control in that way yeah because he's got the, the benefit of that you know hindsight of, of seeing it all like mm -hmm. that and it's like you know he'd probably if anything superman should have been the one that maybe i should and then john would be like no don't because in history right. when other men have tried <clears throat> but you know I, I, it, it's definitely an interesting talking point and i want to see what the fallout's going to be between that because uh, you know martian manhunter and green lantern both they sounded off in that book you know, but that's one of those things where, again, you know, editors should, you know, tighten the reins and, <laughs> hey, buddy, you know, this is how such and such speaks, you know. So, but, anyways, I mean, it's issue one. So let's see what happens. Uh, this is my own guilty pleasure. So I would definitely love to share with you Superman Blue, Volume One. I know a lot of people give the electric soups a lot of bad. I think, honestly, I think it was a great costume design. It was so simple. The powers, how he gets the powers was cool. Right. It wasn't just like, oh, no, I've got these new powers. No, I mean, he literally lost all of his Earth sun charge. He got thrown into a sun in a different galaxy. Yeah, why wouldn't there be different ramifications? And I, I thought that was great. I also thought the, the costume design was, was pretty cool. And, yeah, it's it was, it was something different. It was something new. It was like, for people who always complain that Superman is too overpowered and, and never changes. Yeah. Like, well, this was a change, you know, let, let, let's see what happens. I mean, it went back. 
Yeah, well, it always will. I mean, you know, like I, I'm laughing because everybody's getting upset with the new Wolverine flame claws. Yeah. It's just a gimmick. Yeah, it's just know? something to be like, hey, look at this, and then it's going to go away. Yeah, it's a story point. <laughs> you know, yeah, but anyway, so. Um, and then the last big one from DC Comics today, Wonder Woman number 50. That book has been doing some amazing stuff in the DC universe. Um, this is basically going to be a high point with Darkseid, Jason, and Diana. What's going on and how it's all going to come to a conclusion, so definitely worth one picking up on there see now i imagine that if wolverine had gotten the power or uh, had gotten the power of the ghost rider you know like from festo and then his claws were inflamed people would be like yeah that's fucking badass you know like but so like just the <laughs> fact that he's come back from the dead now and for some reason his, his claws are on fire like and no one knows why it's like oh it's just dumb like if you threw in Ghost Rider in there, then people would just be all over it, I think. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's so funny. Like, I'm trying to figure out how the formula works. Like, is it just... Because, like, when Cosmic Ghost Rider came out, people embraced it. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. Everybody no, no, I, yeah, oh, I yeah. agree. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, people embraced it, and it's fun. I mean, I'll admit, I, I delved into it. I bought the reprint issues. I bought the trade. I should have just waited. <laughs> I got two sets of the darn thing. But anyways, people loved it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, these are these are changes. It's bound to happen. You can't publish characters for over 20 years and not experiment. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Uh, I so mean, that's we, how we get Superman that flies, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. He started I mean, off be as just being the man who can uh, jump tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah. Now, he can, now he can fly. And that was, what was that? I mean, I guess before... Uh, I guess that's the last of his classic powers, I should say, that he got. Like probably, yeah. I mean, because like eventually, you know, Super Breath, I'm sure, came more like in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know if he had X-ray vision. I'm sure. I'm curious. I'd be interested to find out when he got X-ray vision. Maybe because yeah. he might have gotten that one Golden Age. I okay. think. But uh, anyway, so on the Marvel side of the fence, and what's cool about today's comic book day is we have Amazing Spider-Man number one. We have Amazing Spider-Man number one. We have Superman number one. <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, like, I know a lot of people, and I myself have been one of those, like, God, really, these numbers? The numbering. You know, but it, it is kind of, you know, I guess you, I, my, my comic book glass is always full. I'm always going to be happy with this stuff. Um, but anyways, why will, will today's issue of Amazing Spider-Man number one, so fans of or because of One More Day and Brand New Day, if you left, put your radar back on. Get your spider sense back because I think there's some changes coming. Because today's issue opens up with uh, a flashback to, God, I think it was Sensational Spider-Man number one, the annual from 2005-ish, just the one that was right after Civil War. Okay. So Pete still has the black costume, and he's got Mary Jane, and they're, they're basically celebrating their love. Well, the next story to come along is One More Day, which will destroy their love because Mephisto hates love. So that happens. So this issue opens Maybe up. Maybe Mephisto loves love, and he never gets it himself, so he has to take other people's he, love. He's a love hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Pete and MJ are up there, and you know, so that recalls back to that. Now, technically, that's a memory Pete shouldn't have because it technically didn't happen, right? Right. Well, so he's remembering that, and then at the end of the issue, he's kissing Mary Jane, and they're, you know, it's our, like, I think he says something like, and now it's my story. Wait a minute. It's our story. And it's like, ooh, that's big. 
You know, so maybe we're going to see some interesting stuff change. Now, what I'd like to do, because, and again, this is where I wish editors would talk. I think you read this with me as well, the... Um, Oh, the damnation event, right? Mm-hmm. Did you you finish the whole thing? I did. So we know Johnny Blaze is now the new king of hell. Right. So Mephisto is kind of like downgraded, right? Mm-hmm. So shouldn't that mean all of his deals are now null and void? I mean, what a great way to play that. That, I, that I would be a I'd great way to do it. I mean, or even if his, his deals weren't null and void, like Johnny Blaze should have the power to just override it now. Hey, hey he, buddy, I'm going to throw you a, a free Exactly, one here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he he would be the, you know, he'd be the new... He'd be the new one to be like, oh no, I can just go ahead and uh, get rid of that for you. Yeah. So I mean, I I would play with that. I would definitely be like, hell yeah, let's do something here. Uh, but anyways, that's my own wishes there. Uh, Avengers number one gets a third printing. Captain America Epic Collection Volume Four Hero or Hoax. This is neat. The Epic Collections are great because they're just basically like a a long-standing continuum. So with this being Volume Four, this is early Captain America, and this is where these were some neat stories where basically people started questioning: Did the man who came out of the ice is that really Captain America? Those were some interesting stories. I mean, it really got into Steve's head and hmm. it made you question. You know, like wait a second. So those were some fun ones there. I mean, who else could it be? Uh, well, I mean, we did have the Captain America of the 50s. You know, that was a retcon where, you know, it was somebody else. So, right. I mean, I, I find it interesting because in today's world, or at least in our perceptions, I feel we're more cynical than people of the 60s. But these are comics that did come out in the 60s, and there was that cynicism as well. You know, so it's kind of interesting to see that play out where it's like, hey, maybe maybe they did question things like that. I mean, obviously they didn't because it's <laughs> comics, but, you know, so anyways, I, I just think it's kind of neat. Um, Daredevil issue 605 is out there continuing on the fallout of Mare Murdoch. Uh, Deadpool number one got a second print in. Deadpool Assassin number three of six. This is the one with the... Uh, the uh, not kid-friendly Deadpool. So if you're, you know, wanting a savage Deadpool, that's the miniseries for you. Doctor Strange really wish DC would find something to match it as well. And two more books: X Men Blue number thirty-one, and last but least, X twenty-three number one. She's back. She's got her own series. No more carrying the title of Wolverine. Would you? Okay, so yeah, she's she's dropping the title of Wolverine. Like I don't know if she is actually dropping the title of Wolverine, but the book. Her book isn't going to be called Wolverine anymore. Yeah. Would you, if you were the creator, or not the creator, but the the new writer on on X twenty three, would you give her a new code name? Like, would you would you go back to using X twenty three? Because like that that's literally just the what was on the vial. Like, right? Yeah. That uh, her test tube. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. I I mean, she's definitely went and made it her own, like right. since since being created, and she's, you know, people can know her as that. But like, I feel like she should have some some type of name if it's not going to be Wolverine, which is fine. Call her Wolverine because we like we said we have two Flashes, we have yeah, we've got Flashes, we got Green Lantern, we have Ghost Riders, Ghost, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, like to me, I identify her as X twenty three. The branding's there. I'd keep her as X twenty three, just because it's something I've noticed with comics, like. You know, and we've we've talked about this ourselves, but like branding is important. And when you see that change, like it becomes fickle almost to a point. Like, okay, for example, Kyle Rayner, he went back to his very first costume, but they modified the lantern symbol. Right. I think it's neat, though, because that looks like Kyle Rayner. you know, because he's he's gone through, I mean, what, the character's 20 some years old now? Maybe a little older. 
25? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, well, what's know, Emerald done? Well, I think that was 94. So, yeah, 25. 25, yeah. Um, so, I, I would say, like, when they, when they changed him to give him that black and white costume, that was great. But then they started changing it over and over and over right. again. And now I know, you know, it's like, well, he's an artist. But artists also appreciate brandings as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, logos are important. So, when they keep changing people left and right, it kind of, you lose sight of that. So to me, I'd say, you know, she was introduced as X-23. She's carried X-23. The book's called X-23. I'd, I'd leave her with the code name that way. Mm. And now I know, obviously, the last part of that argument, well, the book's called that. Well, obviously, they, they went into that was the decision they made. But, yeah, I would have done that because, you know, it's one of those things where, I, like, code names are important. And I always laugh because when I read comics, like, I have that Batman in my head. And he's like, when we're out on the streets, we use names. <laughs> You know, like code names, but when we're in the cave, you can talk, you know. So, but I laugh because you'll have, like, say it's an issue of Nightwing and they're on a rooftop and he's like, hey, Bruce. And I'm like, really? Like, come on, dude. You would totally get busted. The one, the one, I think the the thing that does it the worst is, and like, I pick up on that in the comic books every once in a while too, but the the TV shows, any one of the TV shows, it doesn't matter if it's DC or, or, or Marvel or who, but all of a sudden they're in the middle of a hallway somewhere and they're like, it's okay, Batman. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you calling him Batman right now? You're, you know, <laughs> when uh, Supergirl is talking to, you know, uh, Superman out in the middle of the street as they're about to fight somebody. It's like, Clark, come on. You need to do, do better than this. And it's like, why, why, why did you just say Clark? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, right. It seems like the worst thing that you could do right then. So, yeah, I know. The TV shows, always, I always feel like, like, either people just can't hear you if they're three three feet away or not but or uh you know they have amazing hearing from across the the the, the town yeah no i do laugh at that it's like you know when does the rules apply how yeah. do we not use it properly you know yeah so uh all right that's uh that great books out out on the on the spinner rack this week uh uh, I I have my issue of Plastic Man number one. I haven't read it yet, so <gasps> I'm surprised. I thought you jumped into that I, one. You know, I literally got my box yesterday, I, so I haven't I haven't had a chance to. They, are you getting f- uh, pre foam? Are you getting peanuts now? No, I'm getting foam. The Lucky. like this, like <laughs> yeah, hard molded foam around the books. Uh, so I got stuck with another box of peanuts. And I'm like, Good <laughs> lord, man. <laughs> Uh yeah so so yeah the only things I read out of my box so far was that Tales of Suspense and um oh my issue of Doomsday Clock which I don't know which number issue, five I think had the picture of the uh the X ray of a skull on on the front oh of it. with the cancer lump on it yeah yeah maybe well, no it's not a cancer lump it's a four it's tumor. supposed to be no it's not a tumor either it's, it's um, not the tumor. it's a, a hemorrhage because it's when Adrian Vet got thrown out of the window and. He's he, oh. he hit the ground and that's the first couple pages of it. The doctor's like, this guy got thrown out of a twenty-three story building and all he's got is a broken rib and a hemorrhage on his head, like like a cut. That's it. He's lucky to be alive. And like this issue, I got into it and I was just like, wow, this is this is a lot different than what I'm remembering. Like what I was reading in, in Doomsday Clock. Like this is we're getting into this whole Superman theory yeah. and the metahuman menace, and it makes me it makes me think that. Because we know that once this is over, Doomsday Clocks is over. Over, it's supposed to be the like the one year. Yeah, that book's a year ahead. From yeah. Now, so by the time the book's over, we'll have caught up. Yeah. So I assume that somewhere in DC that we're reading right now, Luther or whoever is going to come up with this whole Superman theory about the government creating 
superheroes to uh, superheroes and supervillains, according to yeah. the book, to uh, eventually take over the rest of the world because they're they're starting up a superheroes arm or arms race, which. I get it because it's mirroring a lot of what was said in in the original Doomsday about nuclear arms race and superheroes arms race and stuff like that. But like, uh, it makes me think that this book doesn't exist in our universe, the the one that we usually read. So I don't know what Earth it is that we read. If it's Earth One, Earth Prime, Earth Zero, Earth. Well, that's tough because I think it's been zero lately. Is it? Yeah, because the the Earth One books. Yeah. Those hardcovers, right. they stole the one, so I think we're either zero. Okay, but then we usually kind of do get referred to as Prime, which, right? But Superman or Superboy Prime, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so, Earth or zero. New Earth, which is what oh, after uh, Infinity Crisis, In Crisis, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, it makes me think that this world is doomed. Like this Doomsday Clock world is is going to die, and and none of this is actually happening on our world. That's an interesting theory. Like, I mean, I, I never looked at it that way. Um, I do agree this was the first issue that made me excited about that series. Yeah, same. Um, because, like, issue one, okay. You know, I mean, I'm excited because of what's supposedly going to be coming. You know, like, ooh, Captain Marvel's going to be back. The JSA is going to be back. The Legion of Superheroes is going to be – well, okay, whoop de doo Well, you know, <laughs> but, so that's going to be happening. And then it's just like, you know, and I get it. It's, it's beautiful art. It's meticulous. I mean, you really do have to sit down with that book mm-hmm. and like you, you have to analyze the shit out of it. Yeah, you know, because like it's funny um, because if I remember correctly, I think in your issue, well, we finally we you finally got the Alan Scott Lantern, right? Yes. Okay. So if you go back, I want to say it's either issue two or issue three. In the the last page with the newspaper clippings and stuff like that, it references the All American Steel Company going up fire in green flame, yeah, and, and burning up into green flames. And it's like, how did I not catch that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like wow. I mean, All American Comics is a throwback to Alan's first comic book. So I'm just thinking to myself, how did I not catch that? But anyways, so like that really forced me to read those um, uh, newspaper pages in the back of that one, right? And I like, I feel like I'm sitting on a spoiler. Now, this is just my theory I'm, uh, I'm going to share. So back in 87, when they you know, were like, okay, you know, 1986 happened, Man of Steel, brand new, Batman Year One, Wonder Woman's coming in 88. You know, we're relaunching characters like they're brand new. So they finally, um, they put out Captain Atom, number one, back in 1987. Series ran for 57 issues with two... Uh, Annuals. Uh, the series got canceled because of the events of Armageddon 2001. So, you know, from 87 to 91 was when that book ran. Uh, Captain Adam, which kind of ties into what we're talking about today, Steve Ditko. He is a is Steve Ditko creation, the original one, but that was the one that has the more yellow and orange sparkly suit and then turned into the weird red, blue, chrome oh, okay. suit. But anyway, so that guy... So when they relaunched him in 87, they decided to go with an entirely drastic origin. So basically, he wasn't Dr. Manhattan because Dr. Manhattan steals the origin from the Captain Adam. Right. So there's Alan Adam, who basically got ripped off and became Dr. Manhattan. And then when he was reborn in the DCU, he became Nathaniel Adam. Right. And so Nathaniel, he's the one that's all chrome with the blue boots, the red uh, atomic symbol and gloves. So anyways, he was made by the government. Back in 1968, uh, Captain Nathaniel Adam was accused of treason. 
and he swore up and down he didn't do it. But his commanding officer, General Ealing, which we remember as the Shaggy Man, right? So Ealing has always been a dick. Apparently, he decides, you know, like, okay, well, look, we're we're testing this project called Captain Atom. So we've got this UFO. We're going to put a man inside it, put a nuke underneath it, and explode it and see if it's going to work or not. <laughs> and it's you either die of treason or you try this. And if you live, we'll clear your charges. Well, Nate's got a wife and two kids. Fine. Let's try it. What's the worst that can happen, right? So you... He, the book starts off with the lame joke, you know, like, all right, uh, there's this guy, he gets a phone call from his doctor, and the doctor says, I've got bad news for you. I've got two pieces of bad news. Okay, well, what's that? Uh, you, you're dying. You've only got 24 hours to live. Oh, wow, okay. Well, what's the other pa- piece of bad news? I forgot to tell you yesterday. Yeah. bum you know, because he's obviously nervous. Right. So he gets bombed, and then just, boom, everybody thinks he's dead. Life goes on. General Ealing where marries his widow, raises his children. Now it's 1986, and all of a sudden this silver man just materializes in front of everybody. Well, he's silver because that's the alien UFO on him, and he eventually learns to control it. He's got flight, nuclear powers. Um, I mean, they kind of like the cartoons make it look more like he's like uh, Firestorm, right? But he, he really wasn't. He was just super strong stuff, flight. Yeah could survive in space and quantum based powers so right. time not ants um, <laughs> so as that progressed you know basically the government is like okay well you're still a, you know a member of the united states air force you still swear allegiance to this flag general ealing used his abilities to basically screw him over and force him to stay and he actually was what they're talking about with the superman theory he's a government created superhero who was put into the justice league international to spy on other heroes um, and then they actually created villains for him to fight. Major Force, Dr. Spectrum, because that's how they took the old Charlton comic book stuff and tried to make it canon in the DC universe. And so it's crazy because it's like, hmm. but the Superman theory does exist, you know? <laughs> but it's funny because you have Killer Frost, the evil one, and she's like, oh, I'm totally part of this, and so is Firestorm, blah, blah, blah. No, they're legit superheroes and villains. And right. Even Jeff Johns, is, I think it was like Newsweek or something, he said that, oh, yeah, she's lying. So we know that's a confirmed one. But, yeah, the Superman theory has merit. So I'm like, oh, God, who's going to do it? You know, like... Maybe it will be General Ealing, and he's just going to be like, the hell with all you people. We have been screwing things behind the scenes and whatnot. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's the, and, and I think that was a very interesting and in where that was going, and, and the, it has the little charts in the back of the book of you know what countries are going up against it. And then you have uh, Markovia and Russia teaming up together to close their borders against all other countries. Uh, Countries that are have superhuman beings, or yeah, superhuman beings or meta beings. Yeah, meta humans. Yeah. And then uh, Kandak, you got Black Adam. Like, look, if you're a meta human and you My feel borders like are open to you, yeah, if you feel like you're being harassed or, or threatened or you're you're going to be in danger, come come to Kandak. We'll 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 be there. After he kills a terrorist that's about to cut off the head of Jack Ryder, which was amazing. Like, I love that Jack Ryder is like. Serves you right, asshole. Like, you were yeah. about to chop my head off. Like, it, it was Better you than me, big. punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what's funny? The first time I read that panel, I was just blown away. I was like, oh, Black Adam's back. Hooray. <laughs> and then, like, I wanted to go back and look at that panel. And then I finally caught the nails. Like, Jack Ryder. Jack Ryder. Jack. The Creeper. The oh Creeper. Oh, my God. Yeah. Another Steve Ditko creation part of the whole thing. So, that's, that's, it's, uh, the Superman theory is just, uh, Steve Ditko. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I thought, I love that. I also love the, uh, the, the part with um, 
uh, was it mime and marionette and like they're going up against the joker because oh i cannot wait and i can't wait for that to be drawn out in next issue yes yeah. yeah i love that how they're at the bar like you guys can't be here no members of the joker gang the what <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like just because we have this makeup on apparently we're uh you know we're, we're not we, flunkies we, we get it we get death threats because of that like fuck that and they go they're going after the joker it's like that's fucking brilliant yeah so and then batman got taken down batman got taken down by Batman Bet, got taken down which because yeah, apparently the 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 what you call it the um rights that are going on because people were like yeah, they hate Batman. Batman. Yeah, which I mean, I get, I can see all that stuff coming out of the whole um, Gotham Knights stuff that Tim Drake did. Like, they they're kind of already hinting at that in, in Detective Comics. But oh no, kid. Yeah, and that's I mean that's why this does this stuff still does fit into our world. But you know, in the multiverse, there's lots of lots of universes where everything is almost the same yeah. except for just a little bit of changes. Uh, the same thing with the whole Saturn girl, like Rorschach teaming up with Saturn girl uh, as they left uh, Arkham. Like he gets his stuff back. She, she gets her stuff back and she's like, Oh, you can just call me Saturn girl. Like that makes me think that she's not actually Saturn girl. Cause she's like, you can just call me that. But for all we, I mean, for what we're being told, she is Saturn girl. She does have telepathy. Yeah. Well, the ring, or, the Legion ring. She too. has a Legion ring, but didn't the, the just, or Legion Lord. No. What's the, Legion of Supervillains is that the the counterpart to the Legion of Superheroes? Oh yeah, the their Legion of Supervillains. Yeah, because there's like Lightning Lord and and Cosmic Saturn Queen and Saturn, Cosmic Man or something. Cosmic like King, Cosmic King. Yeah. yeah. So could that not be Saturn Queen instead of Saturn Girl? You know, I I mean it's plausible. I mean Booster Gold has a Legion ring, so it's not plausible right. that anybody could have one. one. Yeah. You know, but. I, I mean, in my in my opinion, I think it really is her. Okay, you know, but it's kind of funny because with John's writing this, you'd think why didn't he go with uh, Starman? Oh yeah, a crazy guy who's that been, around. Well, and, two two crazy know? people together might not have been the best idea. Well, no, but uh, I guess I guess you're right that maybe he wouldn't have been able to help. Uh, the new Rorschach right. be a little bit more calmer, you know. But then again, that, that would have been a cool scene with the two of them eating pancakes and Alfred's <laughs> the one who's like, I got to fix it all myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like this this issue was really great and it just pissed me off to be, to think, oh, I have to wait two more months before I, I get another issue. Oh, so. That's the hardest part about this book is that, that two-month wait, but it's at least it feels good to know what. It's only 14 more months till the conclusion to the of end, that yeah. issue. Oh, goody. <laughs> Um, uh, and then the other two books I read were, uh, well, I, like uh, the other three books I read. So the tales of suspense, which yes, we now, we know that there were, the red room had clones of all their top operatives so that if they died, they could, uh, have their minds, uh, be put back into a clone body that they made via telepath, uh, very, very, uh, very powerful telepath. Yeah. Yeah. Almost on the level of, uh, Xavier, it looked like, um, and which was yeah which is a great book and then but but black widow took care of that by you know pretty much burn it down burning <laughs> it all down the red room's gone which it put the red room on the same level as like uh aim or hydra or shield like 
I always thought of Red Room just like as a place that trained operatives, but they made it to be like, oh, no, this is a whole agency kind of thing. Like, Yeah, that blew my mind because you're right in that regard that it kind of went from like, they went from a distributor to like the name brand. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit. Uh, so and the other two was uh, Green Lantern Earth One and Wonder Woman Earth One. So uh, tell me about what were your thoughts on uh, GL Earth One? So GL Earth One, I loved I thought that was such a great story. I thought, wow, what a... I mean, yes, it's not the... It's definitely not the original origin of Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern, but it is so cinematic, I guess, is the best word I could use for it. If they wanted to make that into a, a, a movie, they could, and I think it would work out perfectly. Like, you, you have this... Uh, basically, Hal Jordan after being in NASA for a long time, like got upset with the, the government and like how they were using certain uh, weapons that they were um, developing to use against other people. Like he just went to privateer uh, space exploration. So he's part of this group that's oaring. Uh, Did they tie it in with like Ferris by chance? Yeah. Ferris awesome. is, is, is Ferris is essentially like SpaceX. Like they, he, uh, he's part of a crew that goes onto uh, a meteorite and tries to mine a certain ore so that uh, you know people can have cell phones on Earth. And uh, if they, if they get to their deposit first, they get a bonus. But as he's he's mining, uh, he comes across a shield uh, a ship that's been buried underneath a whole bunch of uh, uh, sediment. So it's obviously been there for a very long time. Happens to be Abinsur's, uh ship, and oh, wow. and uh, yeah, it never made it to Earth. And but the thing is, is they got kind of got they got rid of the whole ring searches out the person without fear, or the the person with the great willpower. Mm-hmm. It's literally whoever shows up and just grabs the ring. What do you think about that idea? That that kind of hurts, but it it works out better in the end of the story. Okay. So uh, the other thing that's on the ship, so like in the new, I guess history of Green Lantern. You know, Avancer was on the ship because he was transporting, uh, who was it? It was uh, Atrocitus, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the latest secret origin yeah. version. Yeah. So it's not Atrocitus. It's, uh, it's a Manhunter robot. And Ooh, it's, okay. it's very much damaged and, and, and debilitated. Um, but because Hal Jordan picks up the ring, it kind of gets a spark of energy. He starts to fight it in the middle of space. Uh, one of his buddies ends up dying like that's also in space with him and he you know he obviously takes on the guilt himself uh but using the ring sets out a distress signal he you know think about the fact that he has no idea what this ring is how how to work it or anything like that (laughs) and the closest person to him or the closest lantern to him is kilowog on his planet of bill back vex or whatever it's called yeah and uh kilowog shows up and this is not drill sergeant kilowog this is I'm a scientist, Kilowog. Like, ooh, so they went back to kind of his '80s origin. Yeah, he he's like, I I don't have, uh, he, I've never been a part of the, the Lantern Corps. This ring was pa- passed on to me by my mentor, uh, another scientist. And and kind of Green Lanterns have been dead for a very long time because the Manhunters destroyed them. And uh, and then I mean, it goes on from there. They 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 go searching out for other Lanterns because oh, so it's like the GL Corps is gone. Yeah. Yeah, almost completely gone. And then uh, eventually they make it to Oa. The Manhunters have domed up the central battery because the battery itself cannot be destroyed. Uh, but since they domed it up, the power can't get out to the other rings that are out there. 
and uh, uh, eventually Hal Jordan being as strong as he is busts busts through the 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 dome so that he can charge up his ring and then gets the rest of the people with rings throughout the galaxy to come back to Oa to defeat the Manhunters or at least the faction that is there. So that if if they continue with this book, the Manhunters are the big enemy. However, you also see that uh, one of the Guardians is still alive. Like the Manhunters killed all the Guardians. One of them, the Guardians is still alive. He is on Quard, the, the anti. Wow, the anti, yeah. And he has developed the the yellow yellow ring over there. But he was lying to Hal because he was like, "No, Hal, you need to, you needed to, you need to." Focus all your energy back into the 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 power battery, central power battery, to cause a loop that will eventually destroy all the manhunters. And uh, uh, he doesn't do that because that would kill all the slaves that were on Oa too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, we have to have a better way. And they kind of find a better way to defeat the manhunters, but only the ones that are there. So that's kind of interesting. Was the Guardian's name by chance Appa Ala? They never said. Oh, they never said. They never said the name. They definitely drew him to look like Gambit. But they never said the actual name. Wow. And you're right. What you said at the beginning, like this could be a good movie version Mm -hmm. because it's almost like, you know, replace it with astronaut Jon Stewart finds Tomar Ray, gets that ring, reunites with Hal Jordan. He's like, yeah, you're that lost Air Force pilot. And you can almost throw it back to the first Green Lantern movie. And it's like, yeah, the Green Lantern Corps didn't do so well. (laughs) The actor looks at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, that that's uh, I, I thought it was great, and then the whole the whole thing about the the it doesn't go to the person that's worthy. It kind of just it goes, goes to, to nearby, whoever. Huh? Like it, it it made it so at the end it's like we all have to be worthy. Like we're be, we're being being given a great gift. We have to be worthy of it. Okay, kind of thing. So like like just that little bit of dialogue kind of makes it like oh it's cool. It doesn't stop anybody who's evil from getting a ring. Yeah, but it's still it's like a hey it's a it's a nice little rallying call that that Hal Jordan had. Uh, and then he makes Arisia the the leader, the new leader of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, then Wonder Woman, Earth One. I still enjoy- now. Is this, sorry to interrupt. Is this Volume One or Volume Two? I always t- uh, it's Volume One because okay. I didn't know there was a Volume Two. Okay. Uh, yeah. So well, the good news is you you have a Volume Two out, so <laughs> you can get to that sequel faster now. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good news or not because Uh-oh. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I don't, and don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. It just feel like they crammed a whole bunch in in that first book. Like, it was Grant Morrison? <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. It was, and you can tell it's Grant Morrison writing, and like there's a whole section in the middle of the book of her trying on new clothes with Etna or Etta, Etta <laughs> Candy, and I'm just like, this is this wasn't needed. Like we don't need this for a new costume. What we needed was more explanation of of Amazon or Themyscira or Paradise Island and or uh, you know you know her good getting to to man's world and stuff like that. It's all kind of just like really blown through fast. Like uh, and then we get the whole like like retelling of the because just like in the movie you have um, and I know this came out before the movie. Yes. So I know you have. Uh, you have you have Hippolyta being like, oh, I made you out of clay, and the gods breathed breathe life into you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, eventually they're like, uh, uh, in the movie, it's like, oh no, you're a weapon. The, the you know Zeus gave you to me so that you could destroy Hades, kind of thing. Oh, right? she the god killer kind of right. But in the comic book, it's no uh, Hippolyta 
because at the very beginning of the book, it shows Hippolyta as the queen of the Amazons being chained up and locked up by Hercules. Okay. And, and he's like, he's like, look, you're women. You're, you're weaker than men. So you're going to bow to me and you're going to be my slave queen kind of thing. And she eventually gets the strength that she needs to defeat him and cuts off his head. Ooh, okay. But you find out towards the end of the book that she's actually, uh, she actually ended up having sex with Hercules, too. Yes. And so Wonder Woman is the daughter of Her- Hercules and Hippolyta. Oh, so not Zeus. Not Zeus. Well, okay. so well, Zeus is Hercules' yeah. father. So, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, not not Zeus. Well, they change it so often. Yeah, you know. So okay, all right. Wow. So, and that's what I'm just saying. Like the book is way too quick. Like they threw in a whole lot of story and a whole lot of history into one book, and I just felt like it's very rushed. Yeah, I could see that because Grant Morrison has some wild ideas, and it's like, and honestly, he works better with a. Like yes, this this brand of books could work for him, but you're right. Like I think you know issue or volume one of Earth One Wonder Woman probably should have just been the origin of Themyscira, and then the second half could be a young Diana growing up, and then the final act would be her coming to America, mm-hmm. and then volume two would be her being in America, and then finding know? about her father and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Uh, I thought. I also went because, like you said, this is Grant Morrison. Uh, Superman Earth One is JMS. Yes. Uh, Batman Earth One is Jeff Johns. Yep. So Green Lantern Earth One is uh, who? Did it, who is it? Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becklow. So brand new comic book. That's people. what I was like. It's like the other the other three are like tried and true like yeah because and big like, even names. with the artists too even the art yeah I mean, if you look at uh, with JMS Shane Davis mm-hmm. and he did volume one and two. Obviously he couldn't do number three. Um, Batman is Gary Frank. Gary and Frank. That's on volume three is on hold because of doomsday clock. Um, Wonder Woman. I Rachel, not Rachel Dodson, mm. Terry Dodson, Terry, yeah, and Terry, Rachel Dodson. Terry and Rachel Dodson. Um, yeah. Those two are on that one. I think they did both volumes and then yeah, green lantern. It's like, Rookies. I mean, not to sound mean. No, no, no. You know, and like I said, crazy, I loved it. I thought know? it was a great yeah. book. But yeah, it's it's very interesting that they went with two relatively unknowns as as opposed to everybody else. So yeah, no, I found that kind of interesting as well. But that's one of those things where it's like it's such a shame because I really loved the idea of DC Earth One and Marvel Season One. Now again, that feeds my symmetry. But like, I mean, putting it on your radar, I would recommend go find. Um, Fantastic Four season one. Okay, it's the same thing. It's a hardcover book that because basically it sounds like both companies. The initiative is these are the books we want to have at like Barnes and Noble at, at at your bookstores ready to go. So that way, when somebody sees the movie, they can go and pick this thing up and read it. Because if you read uh, Superman Earth One volumes one, two, and three, that's a whole different Superman. That Superman is definitely closer to movie Superman, Man of Steel, Henry Cavill Superman, than you know our comic book Superman, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. And you know their whole new graphic novels, so it's neat because the new fan can enjoy it and the old fan can enjoy it as well. It's a brand new mystery for both. But I felt like that was the initiative that it's like let's try this, and I'm glad DC's reviving it. 
Uh, Marvel just started pumping them out quick, 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 quick. Like the Ant-Man one was really good. Um, the X-Men one was fantastic. But some of them were just kind of like, oh, this is getting old. Mm. You know, like you're just putting them out there to have them out there. So, but I'm and, really glad to see DC's doing something more. As I was gonna say, funny enough, I picked up the Wonder Woman Earth One and Green Lantern Earth One at a Barnes and Noble. Nice, because <laughs> I was just killing some time. I was like, oh, you know what? These Earth One books, I'll check them out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I've been reading this past week. What have you been reading this past week? So uh, the books I looked at, I um, I got caught up with my Green Lantern and X Men stuff. So I I really um, today's issue of X Men uh, X Men Blue Thirty One was great. I'm really excited about. Um, Basically, these are the issues that are going to lead up to extermination. So I'm very curious what's going to be the fate of the original five, you know, being time lost. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Um, I went back and read some Booster Gold issues because I, I had this crazy thought in my head about, hey, we have two Booster Golds. We have two Blue Beetles. That's a team of four. So I got this thing in my head and I actually went back and I found some back issues. Uh, Booster Gold Volume 2, I want to say like issues 43 through 47 or something like that basically the last four issues and they were flashpoint and i know booster gold survived the flashpoint now this is all written by dan jurgens right oh no those issues stunk oh. <laughs> uh, because issue like what's going on to see booster gold in the world of flashpoint and basically in the world of flashpoint that means only barry allen and booster gold are the only two men who remember the old dc universe so it was like, okay, this is going to be really neat to see what's happening. And it just, it kind of ended with like, uh, all right, the character was at point C, have him do a complete circle and end at point C and call it a day. Uh, but it was interesting. I mean, there's still a lot of wiggle room in there. And it was just fun to revisit those. You know, I, I definitely like some good Booster Gold action. Uh, the Injustice Digital issues were great. Uh, yesterday, well, they come out on Tuesdays, so that's kind of neat. That's like a little prep for brand new comic <laughs> book day. Uh, spoilers, if you're keeping up with it. And spoilers in three, two, one. Oh, my God, they killed Booster Gold <laughs> in that issue. Um, so Booster Gold and uh, Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle they're tracking, you know, the, the Starro with a red lantern. And he's coming for Earth because that's the first place where he got conquered. So he's angry. And, you know, Booster Gold is like, I know Blue Beetle stops him. I don't know how. So then Jaime's like, okay. So he starts talking to the Scarab. And the Scarab's like, well, the reason it happens is, is my bearer unleashes me on the Starro and I'll kill it. But we're in space. So that means you're going to die. And the Scarab's like, I really like you, Jaime. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> and it's this touching moment. And then Jaime's like, we're doing it. I don't care. And Jaime speeds up. And Booster's like, what the hell? Damn it. So Jaime lets the Scarab loose to go all crazy on the uh, on the Starro Red Lantern. So then Booster Gold shows up perfectly, takes off his oxygen mask, and gives it to Jaime so Jaime can live. And no. Booster dies. And as Booster's dying a time hole opens up and out comes blue beetle Ted cord and they spend, you know, the last moments together. So it's like Ted was there when Michael died and Michael was there when Ted died. And I'm like, why couldn't they just both live? But it was a beautiful issue. Um, it hit even harder with the passing of Steve Ditko. It was like, Oh man, you know, but the best thing about men like that is, They'll always be alive in their works, you know, so that was really cool. So I just, I thought that was like a great comic. Um, I read Batman 50, the big wedding issue. So I got caught up with all the, uh, 
all the pre all the the build up to it and the the aftermath um we're going to be having a round table about that so you know keep an ear out for it but yeah, i will i'll talk sunday. about yeah yeah this sunday um i i thought it was really good um reading the before the wedding stuff so they actually did tie in nicely uh because what was really neat was they didn't get released you know because of of time versus continuity but what was really cool was the last one the prelude was joker and harley quinn so it's a nice showdown between those two you get some really good uh, dialogue between the two characters and obviously joker escapes and he finds a big you know magnum 357 and then he's like oh i know how i can get batman's attention and he goes into the church which then leads into batman 48 the best man part one i was like oh that is really cool how that tied in um, the, the the issues were great. I the Damien Rachel Ghoul one was good because it actually turned out to be a better Damien Catwoman issue. Um, I I enjoyed the Nightwing one because it you know Dick kind of coming to terms with like I get why you don't pick me as your best man because we don't spend enough time together. So after the wedding, I want to change that. I thought that was really cool. Um, then you had the Riddler Batgirl one. That one was good, but it was creepy because basically the Riddler's like, I started thinking about matrimony and I there's only one woman who could be my bride and it's you, Batgirl, because you're the smartest. Wow. Yeah, so he kind of goes, like he basically puts her on a hunt to find a child before the child gets killed. And if she can find the child, then that clearly means she's the best one for the Riddler. Uh, it was a good issue, but obviously it's creepy. But, hey, that's what we do with villains sometimes. You make them creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the Joker Harley Quinn one. That one was good. The Red Hood Arkham one was really neat as well. Um, I just like how, you know, Bruce goes up to Jason. And he's like, look, Selena's going to go out on her bachelor at night. So I want you to be within distance. So it involves Jason having to go to, like, a male strip club. <laughs> and he's just kind of like... Oh my God, you know, and, and just seeing all these things. And I think they did a good job of keeping Red Hood's personality. Because if I remember correctly, I think Tim Seeley wrote all those specials. Mm. So he, he did a pretty good job overall keeping everybody's voice. Um, the one that did make me sad that there wasn't a Tim Drake one, because that is a son of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, sometimes I guess you can't get them all. But that, to me, that would have been, that should have been Arkham. Or sorry, Anarchy and Tim, yeah. but with them using Jason. But this was actually a really good Jason issue. Uh, Ian, one of our friends who's a big Red Hood fan, like I was sending him panels and pages like, you got to read this book. It's so good. So I, I really had a fun time with that one. That surprisingly would probably be my favorite out of the bunch. And um, yeah, that's about it. That's what I kept reading this week. All right. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> as you uh, said mentioned before uh yeah this week we're going to talk about uh steve dicko we're going to talk a little bit about him uh the unfortunate news came last week uh that he was and it was it was so odd because the news came out a week after his body had been found in his new york apartment and and even then they said when the body was found it was probably been there he had probably been dead for two days and this was just a result of the way that Steve Dicko wished to live his life. He, he liked to be al- alone, not to be bothered, not to uh, be in the limelight, not to, um, you know, sit there and, 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 and have everybody listen to him. He was a very uh, secluded person, and, and that's just the way he liked it. Yeah, he was very intensely private. Yeah. 
but yes, it was an unfortunate, a, a huge man in the comic book industry, uh, the way the characters that we love today. And uh, he was uh, very influential in, in you know, every, everything that we read. So uh, it's, it's a very sad passing. The man will, will be missed. Um, and uh, I, I guess we'll just we'll, we'll like to talk about some of the stuff, some of the things that he created, some of the stories that we liked. Uh, a celebration of Steve. Dicko. A, a celebration of Steve Dicko, the best way to put it. So, uh, if you have a moment, you know, take take a, a moment of silence for him. Uh, okay, Steve Dicko have to be best known for the co-creation of Spider-Man. Yes. Many other works he's done, but probably the best known for the co-creation of Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, we. I, I found it funny because we. I, I found there is a documentary, and you can watch it online for free. It's on YouTube, in search of Steve Ditko. So I found that, and Mitch and I watched it, and it's funny because it's very dated. What I think it was probably like ten years ago. Yeah, I think it was around two thousand eight, two thousand yeah, two thousand five, two thousand eight, somewhere around there. Yeah, and I just found it funny when they they kind of had the same thing. Well, he's obviously well known for creating Spider Man. I mean, it's not like people are going to know that he created Doctor Strange. People are going to know who Doctor Strange yeah. is. It's like, oh wow, things have changed. Now you know? we and, have, yeah, and yeah, they know, even use clips from the nineteen seventy six Doctor Strange made for TV movie. Yeah, to be like, this is the only time Doctor Strange has ever been made into a movie, and it's like, ooh. If only you could see down the down the down the pipeline a couple yeah, years. I knew it was coming. Um, I mean, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, they're going to be Dove. on TV. Yep. Now, now, granted, I think on the Teen Titans show they're doing the the female Dove, right? Right. So, but still, you know that that's that's wild. That a lot of his creations. I mean, people loved the question mm-hmm. on Justice League the animated series. Very you much know, so. That's the one time he was entertaining because it wasn't Denny O'Neill writing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the jab. <laughs> But yeah, 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 and 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 then you go. So you, you take the question. The question then turns into Rorschach because of Watchmen and Charlton characters. Well, if anything, what we probably, or at least I learned as well, we go from the question to, to Mr. Mr. A, a yeah. then to Rorschach, and as Steve Ditko says, oh, yeah, Rorschach, he's like Mr. A, just insane. Just insane, <laughs> yeah, because Mr. A isn't insane. Like, I don't know. I, this honestly, l- l- watching that documentary, this is the first time I ever heard of Mr. A, and uh, Alan Moore just speaking like loads of gushes about Mr. A just was my first flag of like, oh, <laughs> all right. And then they explained like Mr. A as a character, and he's like, everything is black and white. Either you d- you're doing good or you're doing bad. There is no gray, and it's just like ah, that is a that is a dangerous place to live. Like, uh, you know, you're making Frank Castle look better. Yeah, no kidding. Like Frank will still let, you know, someone get like slide on something. Not Mr. A. You, you you're going to get the same punishment for jaywalking yeah, as you are. Jaywalker will be the same thing as a rapist and a murderer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, you broke the law. That is crazy. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was a obviously it was something that really spoke to him. Like Steve Dicko. Yeah, he loved. I mean, the guy was very much all about absolutes. Um, I find it interesting, the big picture of Steve Ditko where he's at his, his artist table and he's looking back like they're taking a picture of him. If you look, you see the word think. Mm. I mean, the guy, like, he operated on a whole different level than he a lot of people. Did. And, I mean, it's like, wow, this is something else. And then to, I mean, to think, and then, and then you get the fact that he created, not co-created, but created Doctor Strange, right? Uh, so, and then most people like when he came, when Doctor Strange came out, that's the, that's the psychedelic book. That's the book book. People said they got high and they read and it freaked <laughs> yeah. them the fuck out. And people would be like, Hey, 
what were you on when you created Doctor Strange? He's like, nothing. That's just how my mind thinks. And he's just like, wow, that's crazy. Like yeah. <laughs> to just to think about that, uh, to think about him creating Doctor Strange. Uh, Boo Beetle. Boo Beetle was yes. another character. That's that's. Uh, well, to be specific, the Ted Cord Blue the Ted, Beetle. Yeah, the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. He took um, he took over the Blue Beetle for Charlton Comics before they were absorbed into DC Comics, and to me, and and I've read the issues. I feel like that's his version of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent no Stan Lee. Um, it's less flashy. It really is mm-hmm. like having Less read quippy. the the nineteen you know sixties Amazing Spider Man because do yourself a favor uh, if if you got time read Amazing Fantasy fifteen and then read Amazing Spider Man volumes one through thirty eight uh, if you want to save some money it's Marvel Masterworks Amazing Spider Man volumes one through four that'll give you the complete story and you can see it you can definitely see you know oh that's the Stan Lee moment oh that's the Steve Ditko moment. And but anyways, when he when he when he reinvented Blue Beetle, so he did that one entirely. But he had somebody write it, so he he created it first, and right. then he shopped it out to find a writer. Um, it, it's it's rather bland, you know, but it, it's kind of neat, and it's just it was so scientific. Like I mean, the man, like I I definitely think he's the one who invented the web shooter after reading those, because mm-hmm. it would just go into so much detail about like I'm Ted Cord and this is how I take off my mask because there's a lock on my thumb and I use it on my chin strap and that'll release the, the helmet <laughs> and, and you're just looking at it, he's like wow this is like I feel like I'm reading an exploded diagram to a point when I'm I'm looking at some of this art but I love the character of Ted Cord uh, Ted Cord has a lot of fathers. Uh, Len Wein, when they brought Ted Cord into the DC universe, they gave him a 24 issue mini or a 24 issue series written by Len Wein. Uh, then obviously Blue Beetle got pushed into the Justice League International, where he met Booster Gold and Giffen and Demodis and all that group of folks. I'm sure I'm forgetting names. Made him the comical guy that he is. Uh, Dan Jurgens damn near killed him in Doomsday, um, but uh, you know it all goes back to Steve Ditko, and he basically like I was like I was saying at the beginning before I got carried away here, that is his version of Spider Man where he's grown up, he's successful, he runs his own business, and he has that sense of guilt. Like basically, uh, Steve Ditko turned Dan Garrett, the Golden Age Green be- Green, the Golden Age blue beetle right into uncle ben <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean and then you see it in watchmen where you have uh old night owl old and, night yeah. owl who who's retired and he passes he's been pa- he's already passed the torch on to younger night owl who uh, is very much a ted cord oh totally yeah yeah so uh and i think that it'd be remiss to not talk about some of spider-man's rogue gallery you know oh that's he, that yeah. he was definitely a part of creating so, uh, Craven, Craven the Hunter is one of my favorite. Chameleon, which they ended up making the two of them. Well, I don't know if that was how it was it originally, but they are cousins. Yes, because um, everybody in Russia, right, is it's just related. related. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like the Krypton thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Creeper, we talked about him earlier. Once yep. again, you know, it's another Steve D- Dicko creation. Now, what do you think of that creation? Like that character? Like in the documentary, it's funny because they talk about how. The creeper really doesn't have any powers. He kind of just jumps around and laughs all the time. And yeah. this is, I mean, the the selling point for the creeper is he's supposed to be the 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 he's superhero, a heroic joker the heroic joker. Yeah. yeah. And the sto- the the origin that I know of is the animated series one. 
I think so, yeah. So yeah. he gets hit with the Joker toxin, and he has the same kind of reaction that the Joker has as opposed to what most people have where they just go they they just paralyze and die. Yeah. He has the same reaction, but instead he uh, he he wants to do good instead of do bad. Yeah, and then even it's weird because he can turn it off because then he'll t- he'll revert back to Jack Ryder and be a, a an investigative reporter and all. Yeah, I, you know, he's a character that I've just I've never really had time for him. Like I just I I could give two craps about him, and it's it's funny because when we look at Steve Ditko, like to me the guy is all about right angles. Uh. And then to create somebody like the Creeper who is just like, squiggles! Yeah. It's so funny, you know? It's like, I, I picture that must have been like something maybe he doodled in his ledger. And then it's like, hey, Steve, you got any characters? Uh, yeah, this creepy looking fella right here. <laughs> the Creeper, I like it. Let's go with it, <laughs> you know? And I, and I, I totally get that. And I just, you know, just to, to think that it was, a, you know, just a, a, an offshoot character. And, and I get what you're saying that he's not someone to follow and i honestly I, I really haven't followed him either but i don't know just the the character design of him just always intrigued me and i wish i had read more of him i wish someone would come in and just kind of streamline and and uh update his origin a little and i think i think there's the potential there to be a really cool character oh yeah i mean he's like Tom King and Mitch Gerards have shown that with Mr. Miracle mm-hmm. that if you get in there and you have a good story the character as a narrative can be successful. Uh, I, I mean, I hope that's what happens with this Plastic Man miniseries that's going on. And I hope that DC is willing to do that. Go to creators and be like, what's a what's one of our toys in the sandbox that you want to play with? Yeah. You know, and he's just like, yeah, let me do a... Let me do a six issue mini. Let me do a four issue mini. And to me, it's it's one of those things. Like I I think it would be great, especially in this area. And I'm not trying to go political, but in this realm of fake news. How cool would it be to say, let's take the question, let's take the creeper, and obviously the question is going to be very, very you know, right wing, staunch Republican, and then the creeper could be very liberal, and so the reporter alter egos would be clashing at that situation, <laughs> and then their superhero identities would be clashing at those situations. I think that'd be neat. Like throw something like that. Like you know, make that a neat little. I mean, hell, they did DCU decisions back with one of the elections. So it's like, why is somebody not jumping on that and being like, hey, let's, you know, let's play with these characters that have that. Um, the Creeper does. He, he's, he's got untapped potential, you know. So I would say, yeah, give him, give him a shout out. Do a quick miniseries with him and have some fun. Which then makes me think that, you know, you do a uh, Marvel DC crossover, you should have Jack Ryder and Eddie Brock team up as two, you know, defamed <laughs> journalists. And then, you know, then you have their two alter egos having to fight, not either, well, first fight each other and then team up to take down some other bad guy. That'd be Creeper and Venom. And Venom, that'd be crazy. And then Creeper getting some kind of Venom symbiote. Like, because you have to. You have, you have to. You have to, to yeah. throw that in there. And I, then I, I want it to take a step further. I want Carnage to mix into that. Ooh. Oh, my God. Because we had that iconic moment when the Joker and Carnage met. Right. And, you know, the Carnage was just like, I love your theories. You know, <laughs> and to me, I could see, like, you know, Joker and Carnage, or Creeper and Carnage kind of being like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you, but not the eating brains part. Not but yet. I'm almost there with you. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, if you have a chance and you you know you haven't read anything by Steve, Steve Dicko in a while, definitely go out and and do yourself a favor and and read some of his, uh, some of the stuff that he created, some of the stuff that uh, made 
comic books what they are today. And, uh, and, and if you have a chance, also watch that documentary. It's a BBC America documentary hosted by Jonathan Ross. Uh, it's on YouTube. Definitely check it out. And it's, it's a, it's a unfortunate passing for all of us. Yeah. And I, I would just to, to put some, a little bit more on your radar. Like I said, I, I would go out and go get those Marvel masterworks of amazing Spider-Man one through four. And that'll be the complete Steve Ditko Stanley Spider-Man. Including um, Amazing number 15? Amazing yep, including Fantasy. Amazing Fantasy 15. Um, also, another neat one, and you could probably pick these up in the, like a discount bin, or you're probably going to pay a lot. Uh, DC, back when they used to do their archive editions, they did the Action Heroes, which basically was all of Charlton Comics. And that is a treasure trove of Steve Ditko. Uh, it has Steve Ditko, who created the original Captain Atom, um, so you have all of the basically you have all of the original question blue beetle and captain adam in two volumes so that one's a really neat find um i think one of the neat things we do is when we talk about when when we meet these people or when we we kind of had their first influence for me i can remember mine it was spider-man classics number one uh marvel i want to say in the early 90s was doing a lot of 99 cent comic books and they were really neat because those were the ones you could, you know, you could afford. You right. Know, you know, like I'm not going to buy my chicken nugget combo at school. I'm going to buy a comic book. And I remember picking that one up, and it was so neat because it had a reprint of Amazing Fantasy number 15, the first Spider-Man. And then I recently learned this, and I didn't know it. Um, in the the backup was the Doctor Strange origin. Mm. So I always thought, I always thought that was the first appearance of Doctor Strange. No. That was way later on. So Doctor Strange was introduced. So he's out there doing all this stuff, and we don't find out till later that oh, he turns out to be. This is why he's Doctor Strange. Oh. So I thought that was kind of. As I recently just learned that. Uh, what about you? What, what, what would you say that you first kind of met Steve Ditko? I mean, I I really couldn't tell you because it's just like it's it's stuff that I wouldn't have been able to comprehend the name Steve Ditko before. Uh, you know, in more recent years, it's just like I, I read. So I read Spider Man. I read Blue Beetle. I read uh, Hawk and Dove. It, had I ever gotten to read the original runs of of those characters, like what, when Steve uh, created them, no. Mm. But uh, I I know of, and like I said, the ramifications of his work and his creations nowadays is what I do read. So yeah. I, I appreciate that the fact that you know these characters might not have been in existence without him yeah no he's a hell of a creator he did some stuff and i agree we 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 definitely got great characters out of the man so your overall favorite steve ditko character probably craven (laughs) probably craven probably craven yeah Yeah. i think for me i would definitely have to go with and it's tough but i think and again like when i look at the characters i think about well I, i liked it more when this writer wrote it or whatnot but the voice that he kept i really liked his dove uh, the original Dove, because he gave Dove the right voice for Hawk and Dove. Um, and I think that one just worked out really nicely. Okay. Uh, if you have some Steve Dicko memories you'd like to uh, share with us, we'd love to hear them. Please, please talk to us. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Mitchipedia, G-E-R, Mitchipedia Geek Elite Radio. Uh Chris is also on Twitter as? Uh, at Stuff I Should Say, Should Being Spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to 
Geek Out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.